If you had a pair of glasses that you could go around and you can see when somebody's going to die, what would you do? You would try to avoid that. I'm talking about if you see, if you see other people dying. That like you could see, you have glasses and you can see that someone's going to die. No, you have to have these glasses. What would you do? Look in the mirror, okay. Tell them. Tell them. Warn them about it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We live in a world and people around us are dying every day. And they're dying without knowing Jesus Christ. So you know what? That means they are dying. There are people around us, our friends, and, and those family members who are close to us, that we don't need a pair of glasses to see if they're dying. Because we know they're dying. Because we know that they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is our last part as we think of Jesus' identity. And the, and the last part we want to look at is work to do. And you know the reality for us is this, is that we're all guilty in here. Because I think that if we all are honest with ourselves, we don't tell others about Christ as, as like we should. We know of people who are dying and going to hell on a daily basis. But what do we do about it? You know, we can come here and we can sing these songs and we can talk about Jesus being the great I am and, you know, we believe in the crucifixion, we believe in the resurrection, we believe in all these things. But what are we doing with what we believe? Are we making a difference? You know, you think about us as guys. We can sit down and talk about basketball and have a debate of who was the greatest of all time for hours. Think about girls. I don't really know what all girls talk about, but girls can sit down and talk about hours about boys. Or shoes, or nails, or makeup. Or hair, okay, yeah. When, let's, you know, think about it for a second, right? What are we known as for in this country? In the last year and a half, and Michael brought this to my attention because I forgot about it. In the last year and a half, social media has known the Bahamas for two things. One thing they've known the Bahamas for is in Abaco last year when the girl came to the prom in the ambulance. You remember that? And this past week, we all know what everyone is known for. Hashtag what? Support the pup, support the pup right? See, I can't support no pup because I ain't got a pup. But the point of the matter is this. Listen. The point of the matter is this. This is what people are looking at the Bahamas and thinking. You know, like, wow, that's, that's all. I mean, you know, and, and I'm not here. Listen, I'm not here to diminish anything. You know, we, have, we are known for all these things, but you know what I would like for us to be known as in this room? People who are passionate about Christ and telling others about Christ. Part of being a Christ follower is realizing that we are God's vehicle for sharing the gospel message with the world. The church are Jesus' plan, A, which when you think about it, it is an awesome responsibility as a Christ follower. Part of our identity is to share the gospel of our actions and in our words. And yet there's a great challenge for so many of us. 
While there are many factors that contribute to this, there is one thing that seems to be most overlooked, compassion. Jesus didn't share the message of the kingdom or heal people out of obligation. He did so out of compassion. He was heartbroken at the people's predicament. Part of our identity as Christ follows is developing the compassion of Christ and acting on it to see people come to know Christ. You see, for us, as we think about our lives and we think about those of us who call ourselves Christians, we got to ask ourselves this question. Do we really care about the dying world around us? Do we care about them? Do we care about those people in our school? And let me just tell you this. A lot of you in this room, I know, you probably go to Christian school. Let me just tell you something. Everyone who goes to Christian school ain't a Christian. To be honest with you, it might be a little disadvantaged sometimes going to a Christian school. Because you know what happens? You hear the gospel message so much that it becomes nothing to you. Oh, but we go to chapel. We have to go to chapel every week. You know, for me, I remember I used to love chapel just because I ain't got to do no school work. You know, that was one of the, one of the things I look forward to. And let's, let's be honest. When chapel go long, thank the Lord. You know, you know we are happy when chapel go long because you know what? And it, hey, listen. It ain't about, and it's not, it's not about being excited about Christ and saying, yes, we could go all day and have a revival in there. No, no, it's like, we missing our tests. We missing that, school, that class. But so many times in life, that's, how, that's what we, we look forward to. And tonight we're going to look at, at Matthew chapter 9. And when we think about it, we want to look at what Jesus himself said. And as I think about it, Matthew 9, 35, it says this, And Jesus went throughout all the seas and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, I pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. I want to just think about this because, you know, Jesus does a lot of illustrations. And I don't know how many of you have ever been on a field. Anyone ever been on a, a fruit field or, or any type of vegetable field or anything like that? You know, I remember going through Florida one time and um, I just passed the citrus field. I mean, I mean, there were oranges all around the place. And I mean, it was... You know, I actually got booked on that same road. But anyway, you know, it was this nice orange field. And I thought to myself, boy, one who's going to pick all them oranges? You know, who's going to go pick all those oranges? Who's going to be the person to have to do all that work? And we know what happens. Some of the oranges, what? Spoil, fall down, get busted. Um, a hurricane comes and wipes it all out. And here Jesus is saying, look. There's a lot to be harvested. There's a lot of fruit out there. There's a lot of things to be done. But the workers are very few. And you know what I think about our country? What I think about when I think about this is this. There's a lot of churches on this island. But where are the believers who are ready to go out and tell us about Christ? See, the problem is we have too many churches. We got a lot of churches. We got a lot of buildings on this island, I would say. I don't even like to call some of them churches because some people are just in it for, to make money and try to get their pockets full. But what we want to see is compassion. Jesus said, I came for compassion, to show compassion. What is compassion? Love. Do we know anyone in life who ever showed love like Jesus? 
Let me ask a question. How many of y'all come to die for me? Ain't no one in this room going to die for me. Probably only my wife. My wife may die for me. Kelly would die for me. Don't lie, but Yeah, right. All right. I'll, I'll remember that, okay? I remember that. Tamsin, take their names down so when I'm ready to die, if I need blood, all them come in there. Give me some blood and, you know. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Listen. If I had to ask you, if I had to go around this room and say, who in here is a believer? I don't want you to raise your hand and ask you, do you have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ? Probably almost 80 to 90% of hands will go up. But if I had to ask you, when's the last time you shared your faith with somebody or tell someone about Christ? I can guarantee you those hands are going down. Because you know what? We think that, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, we believe just because we live in this country that almost everyone's a Christian. There's no one that doesn't know about Christ. There's no one that knows that Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross and rose from the dead, right? There's no one that, that's not true. The sad thing for us is this, is that us as believers, we give Jesus a bad name. We're the worst example of Christ. We know what many people say. I don't want to come to church because the church is full of what? Hypocrites. But you know what? Ain't none of us perfect. I'm not perfect. I fall from it. But does that give me an excuse to sin? Does it give me an excuse to do whatever I want to do and then when I come to church on Sunday, I can be this big time Christian? You know what? I got my, I got my coat suit on. I got my tie on. I look like a Christian. I look like a Christian. What does a Christian look like? Anyone can tell me? Huh? A nice seasoned man. I... <laughs> a nice seasoned man? What is a nice... Huh? Hold on. Wait. All right. Hold on. What do you mean by nice season, man? Decent? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. All right. Sorry. I don't even... All right. All right. What do you mean by decent? What do you mean by decent? What, what a decent man look like? Oh, hold on. Let's, let me hear this. What a decent man look like? What a decent man look like? You always come to church clean? Hold on, you see, but listen, the sad thing about it is this. That's what our Bahamian culture teaches us. That it's all about outside appearance. Jesus don't look at us outside. He don't look at the outside. He looks inside. You see, we, we, could, we could put on everything we think that a Christian should look like and, you know, whatever, but Jesus looks at the heart. In verse 35, it says, we see a pretty good picture of what Jesus' mission on earth was all about. What do we see in verse 35? And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. What would you say Jesus' purpose was to what? To come and what? Heal, right? 
come to what? Save the lost, to tell them about him. Put yourself in the place of Jesus' original audience. What do these actions say about Jesus' identity? What does it say about Jesus? What do you think Jesus is talking about here? And you think about what he said, and he said, verse 30, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw a crowd that needed someone to lead. He needed people to come in and lead. He, they, he understood that they needed a shepherd. You ever seen a sheep without a shepherd? They lost. They don't know what to do. And the sad thing about us and a lot of people is this. In our country, we have a lot of followers, not a lot of leaders. We got a lot of people who want to follow the world and do what the world thinks is cool, but to stand up for Christ or, or be a leader, it's, it's like we don't want to do that because that's not cool. We worry about our image too much. We're all about ourselves. It's all about me looking cool. You know, we don't want to be known as the kid in school who has a Bible all over the place and, you know, always spending time reading God's Word. Because that's not cool. That's not acceptable. That's not like, you know, what we want to do. When we, when we at school, we won't be in the crowd because we want to make fun of the other people. There's probably no one in this room or maybe very few will say, you know what, I don't want to be in the in crowd. I want to be in the crowd now, J.H. I want to be popular. When that person fell down over the chain, I was right there laughing at everybody else. Or when, when they're talking bad about somebody, I get pipe in my little words too because you know what? I want to be cool. I want to be accepted. But as a believer, we need to understand we've got to be different. This is what Jesus is trying to say. Look, there's work to do for us. There's no one in this room who can say, I don't know one unsaved person. I'm sure there's no one in here who could say, I, know, I don't know anyone who's saved. Someone who's, who isn't saved. The question is, what are we doing with it? You know, we live in a, in a world in a, in a, uh, that, that cancer is so big. I mean, people are dying of cancer every single day. But there are people dying and going straight to hell, too, because they don't know Christ as their Savior. The question for some of you tonight is this. Do you know Christ as your Savior? Colossians 3.12 says this. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. You see, this is some of the things that Christ says as a believer we are to be. We are to put on these things. We're supposed to be compassionate, kind, humility, meekness, and patience. I don't know about you, but I struggle with some of them. And that's what, the, that's what the Christian life is all about. The Christian life isn't about a one-time event. The Christian life is about a process. It's about sanctification. It's about becoming more like Christ every day. I don't know everything about Christ. You know, I'm not, I'm not a perfect. None of the leaders are perfect. We all struggle with different things. We all have problems. You know, none of us are perfect. Maybe Drew. Maybe Drew is close, but I mean, you know. None of us are. But the point about it is this. When we think of coming to know Christ as Savior, that one-time event, we should want to build on it. It's just like any of you guys who play basketball. 
If you had one shot, what do you want to do? Are you just going to stop and say, well, I had my one shot, that's it. No, you want to get better. You want to get better at whatever it is you do. For those who may play music instruments, you want to get better, you want to practice, you want to do what you can. So what do we do as Christians? We've got to read God's Word. We've got to study it. We've got to, you know, get good Christian friends. You know the worst thing about us is our friends. Our friends. You know what the Bible says about friends? Bad company corrupts what? Good character, good values, you know, all different trends. But the point is this. When we're around bad company, we're just like that company. You know, and I know people use every excuse in the book that I'm trying to do what I can do to win that person for Christ. You know, and I know you guys and girls, some of you, you know, you go with a guy and say, well, mommy, I'm changing him. I'm bringing him to church. You know, he's coming to church now. He wasn't coming to church before. Guess what? You ain't changing him. He's doing that because he wants something from you. Same thing with guys. Guys to do anything to get close to a girl. But what's going to eventually happen is they're going to pull you down. All right? So here, here's the question we want to ask ourselves is this. Do you really have a heart for the lost? Can you genuinely say that you really have a heart for people dying and going to hell? I got to ask myself that question. Do I really care about it? Do I really look at every opportunity, the time to tell someone about Christ? And through our actions is a big thing. Because guess what? Our actions can tell a lot about us. You open your mouth, one, you open your mouth once and they, someone knows whatever about you. You killed your whole testimony. Number two, how much do you care about the needy? How much do you honestly care about those around you who have needs? Number three, are you so caught up in all that you have that you don't care about those around you? You know, we talked about it in, I think, the second session, the meism. When we're so concerned about me that I don't care about anyone else around me. And that's what our world, that's what our culture teaches, our world teaches. You know, Facebook, you know, selfies, you know, all these things, you know, it's about us. Four, do you look at opportunity to share Christ with others? Do you really look for an opportunity to share Christ with others? And, and lastly, have you thought that the loss could be you, but it's only by the grace of God that you are saved? You see, that's the thing that we need to understand. We could be those people who are lost, but by grace. It's only by grace. You see, we live, in a, we live in a country where we can hear the word of God freely. We can worship God freely. There are places in China that can do that. It's only by the grace of God that you were born in a country like this. And yes, we have our problems. But there are places that are worse than us. But by God's grace, he is... He is, you were born here. So I challenge you tonight. First of all, if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, your Savior, get to know Him. Talk to one of the leaders so that we can show you from God's Word how you can know for sure that you are saved. And then secondly, for those who know Christ's Savior, I want you to think about a person in your school 
or your family member, you can honestly say, you know what? I would like to share Christ with them. I need to share Christ with them. And you know, some of us probably, the big thing is, I don't know the words to say. You know, I don't know what to do. Sometimes it's just your actions, the way you are around them. So I challenge you. Think about it. Pray about it. Ask God to help you see someone that you need to tell them about Christ. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Father, we just pray that you continue to be on in all that we do tonight. Father, I pray that you'd help us to uh, just be an example for you. And Father, I pray for all of us, Father, that we would have a heart for the lost, that we would seek those who don't know you as Savior so that we could get to, so that we could tell them more about you. And Father, we would recognize that even if we share our faith with them and they don't accept Christ, they're not rejecting us, but they're rejecting you. And Father, we have done our part. And I just pray that you continue to be with us tonight. And I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.